Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today, we're going to take a spiritual journey with Keith Anthony Blanchard. Keith is a spiritual teacher, founder and host of Center of Light Radio, producer, co-producer of Do What You Love, and The Meek Shall Inherit the Earth. He's the author of many books, including the new book, Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul, which we are going to talk about today. So thanks for being on the show. Uh, Keith, I'm so glad you're here and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So can you tell me what I have found that most people that come to uh, a place of turning it over to higher power have been hit pretty hard. And what was your hard hit? What where did you finally hit your knees? Basically, what broke broke open your soul? (laughs) relationship of 10 years that went sour she left everything that i had or thought i had food transportation shelter relations (laughs) Mm -hmm. it all just simply went and because of wanting to become a professional musician we know how that story goes the guy leans on the girl pretty hard i had nothing i truly had nothing it was all removed and down into a dark night of the soul, I plummeted for two years. And in that time of my life, it was a living hell. Yeah. In hot insight, and from this vantage point, looking back, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Didn't look like that then, though, did it? No, not at all. <laughs> I know. It's funny how the devil, uh, God can look like the devil and the devil can look like God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find that uh, you only know your life looking backwards. You can't see it looking forwards. Wow, all. that's nice. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. uh, You know, I I quote this and I thought I really should check if this is even true. But I read that Steve Jobs said at the end of my life, I hope the dots, you know, the dots um, attach, you know, that. And I don't know whether he saw that, you know, that the dots are actually connected at the end of your life. The line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd never heard because he went to the end of his life. I'd never heard whether he said, oh, my God, they they connected. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the, I really ought to check, make sure he ever even said that. But what happened to you in June of 96, 1996? I remember. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I remember um, being in a scenario of just still. Lying in pain. Mm-hmm. And I begin to realize how much of enough I've had of this ongoing life. So um, wanting to be a Catholic priest when I was growing up, I went back to the closet where I stuck God. I stuck God in the closet because my dad gave me an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the relationship went bad, um, I went back to that closet and pulled God out, if you will, metaphorically. And I mm-hmm. fell to my knees, metaphorically and for real, and said, I need to hear your voice meaning God, creator, source, all that is good, whatever we choose to deem it. And I had so much passion, sincerity, 
humility and vulnerability in me in my first asking. Though I asked this for, say, three weeks to a month, I don't think it was the length of time of my asking God to show up in my life. I need to hear your voice. Somehow convinced the universe. All right. He's been at this for a month. I believe him. Let me go pay a visit. Right. Because a lot of people are begging to hear God or are asking for God to help them. And, yeah. and often they're not answered or, you know, we'll always say, well, you're answered, but not the way you want. You know, that's a, a Catholic thing. I've got that Catholic background, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in reality, they're not answered. You know, they're, they're still on their own. They're still doing a crawl through and um, they're really, they're re- it's crickets out there. What I was successful at doing was, like I mentioned, I had passion, sincerity, humility, and vulnerability. And this is not something I learned. I just went inside and said, look, man, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You, you better show up really soon. And yeah. it worked. Mm-hmm. Even though it took place three weeks to a month later, the visit, my time with, when it all started. Um, I absolutely know from soul to bones, it was in my first asking because I had so much passion and oomph to back yeah. up my, my fervent request. And I have been at that point of desperation. Yeah, yeah. Crickets. Creates a, it creates an amazing <laughs> power. Yeah. No, I understand. I, you know, I've talked to people like you and, um, you know, I do believe I'm on a train. I'm not driving it. You know, I do believe that. And that it, there is a higher intelligence that's kind of running the show. And possibly I set it up with that higher intelligence before I got here. But your kind of um, opening you know, is what I wanted and what so many people wanted. And I know I've been on my knees many times in my life and I'm on my own, on my own. And, you know, I remember one time turning everything over to God and within about three hours, my car was totaled. <laughs> Get off my team. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful what you ask for and how you, right. you know, people don't realize the power of intention that lies behind our thinking. And most mm-hmm. people, since you were talking about it earlier, who are praying on their knees for God to make a visit, you would think that why, why does this happen for most people? You would think that once you ask, it would be granted, but that's not the way it works. You have to fit the correct key in the correct door and turn it correctly for anything to ever show up in your life in the way that you want it. Because sometimes in our wanting, the wanting is too much and wanting always implies a belief in lack. So I want you to show up, which means I'm going to forever want you to show up. So it's kind of like this in this uh, analogous kind of way that behind what we think we're doing are true agendas and intentions, uh, intentions of what we're asking for. So somehow I was very fortunate to right. come from a space of making it happen. Yeah, because most people comes down to help, just help. Um, so what happened when it happened for you? I heard, good morning, Keith, it's time for you to wake up. Yeah, I thought it was a friend in my house or to let himself in because we we're supposed to go run errands. I was just waking up out of a night's foggy sleep. Mm-hmm. And I look around the house and there's no one in the house talking to me. And I said, ah, dream voice, no big deal. So I laid back yeah. down in the bed and I heard, good morning, Keith. I was going to go back to sleep and I heard, good morning, Keith. I asked you to awake. And then my consciousness became very multi-layered. And I knew it meant not only wake up out of your bed, but wake out of your human slumber. 
And mm-hmm. I sat up in bed surprised, knowing something on a multidimensional level was happening. And the voice violently, lovingly threw me back on the bed. And I was submersed in an absolute experience of light, power, emptiness. But in that emptiness was everything. I knew mm-hmm. everything. I knew the molecules, where they were, why they were there, where they come from, where they were going next. And when the voice began to speak, I say it's a voice, but that's really not it at all. I did hear it audibly. I saw the voice. I smelled the voice. I can taste the voice. I can feel the voice. It was everything imaginable. But when it would speak, it did not speak in a linear fashion, you know, thought that follow thought. I call that fragment of thought. It was in whole thought. Everything in this one impression was what it wanted. And it said, said, <laughs> go sit on the sofa, bring your tape recorder. And let your mouth move. And I said, what will I speak about? And as soon as I'm thinking the answer, the question, the answer is already there. Keith, just go do this. And trust me, it'll be there. So I did just that. I went to a light meditation and I hit record on the tape player. And at that time, out came the most far out information I've ever heard in my life. What was it? I'm God. <laughs> Pardon me. I'm God. I am God. I am here. Yeah. You called. I am here. Uh we have lots of work to do. My, and then it was, I was instructed to gather as many people as I can, one at a time if necessary, but begin to gather. The very first part of the book is an introduction to the universal consciousness entrance into my life. And I was very transparent in this book. You know, I played the, the role of being the spokesperson for humanity, asking very important questions, really never about me. And what's the about, name of that book? I'm sorry to bring you. Oh, to no, it. that's OK. Uh, this, it's the same book, if you will, as Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul. Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul, my new release, is okay. a compilation of quite a few books that I put together to create a timeline of this unfoldment from the okay. beginning when it happened, when God entered into present day's vantage point to show the unfoldment of how spiritual liberation and expansion happens in one's life. Because I'm the guy next door. That book is called The Divine Principle, but Homecoming, the very beginning of Homecoming is The Divine Principle. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I just wanted you to mention the book. It was like yeah, thank you. in my book. No, no. <laughs> now, did you... Were you afraid? Did you think, oh, my God, I've just had a psychotic break? <laughs> I was not afraid. There was no time for fear. It didn't mm-hmm. allow me to be afraid. I didn't think, oh, my God, what is happening to me? Is something trying to sneak in the back door and manipulate me? There was none of that. Okay. But I was afraid because I knew everything I thought I knew had to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to lose what I knew was me. Uh, I wasn't afraid of the presence nor the information. I, I just know what was coming, but I did know that my life was going to turn over on its head. But didn't you want it to at that point? I I mean, at that point, you were in a crawl, really. You know, so didn't you want it to? So very much so. So how did you take it from there? So you're you're recording this for who? Well, people would come over and we'd have sessions. We Mm -hmm. would have, um, believe it or not, this actually all started via a Ouija board. People, wow. oh, my God, I'm freaked out already. I don't want to hear any more. He's got to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that an Ouija board was a subconscious typewriter. And mm-hmm. I also knew that when I'd go, like I did with that fervent prayer to spirit, I would go into prayer. I'd say, I invite all that is of love and light of the highest vibrations to show up now. There's a message you can impart to us for the welfare of humanity. 
And I never never had an issue because people, when they go into the, a room to play with an Ouija board, that intention to play, they will attract to them entities that want to play back. So I, I knew all this. Uh, but mm-hmm. people would come over and um, the Ouija board would start and they would say, you know, Keith, go inside kind of thing. But anyway, putting that, putting that aside, um, people would come over just for me to go into these vesseling modes, these channeling sessions. And I would just let it come out. And a lot of it had to do with Jesus, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that began to integrate, it, it began to go into more of a broader uh, spirituality um, about expansion, what to do for one's expansion and how to help others and bring them into expansion. And this went on for a couple of years. And um, I started to learn my craft and how to place myself uh, as a teacher. I, I want to back you up a little bit because this really did start with a number of your bandmates um, get That's together That's and, and you were the odd man out on it and got invited one day and you went and mm-hmm. they were into this world that you really hadn't entered before. It sounds like. That's right. Uh, we, we just got finished with the band rehearsal and they said, Hey man, we're going to hang out at Mike's or Chris's house and, they never really invited me because they knew I just wasn't interested. And the one night they said, Keith, you ought to come hang out with us. I said, all right, just think that we're going to have some drinks and some smoke or whatever it is mm-hmm. we did back in those days. And yeah. we did. And they started talking all that weird stuff. But my curiosity was piqued. Mm-hmm. And a guy by the name of Mike, the teacher, if you will, of the group, he began to talk about the sound of the heart chakra, yam. And I was like, what did you just say? He said, mm-hmm. Yom, what's the big deal with that, Keith? And I said, I just had a dream last night of Jesus. He was above me at the ceiling, but behind me, but I could see him. And he mentioned to me the word Yom three times, and I began to ascend to the ceiling with Jesus. And I said, I want no part of that. So I made myself wake up. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so there were a few knocks on the door before you opened it. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. My yeah. intention was being gotten through different avenues. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then once Mike pulled off that book, out that book and showed me the sound of the heart chakra. And then just the, just the night before the amazing alignment I had with Jesus, I'm like, there's something to this, man. And I started diving in, diving in, diving in. And Mike said, Keith, you don't have to believe me, but you follow these principles and apply them. Your life will change. That day, that week, that month, that year, my life became an explosion of miracles when held up against the, the life I was living. That's for sure. Was that after your relationship had broken up? My entrance into spirituality with that group of bandmates was during the relationship. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I kind of read a book or two here or there. But once the relationship was closed, um, that's when I needed it. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah, I was was being prepped from the very beginning or at some point. Yeah. Yeah. That was your uh, safety net as it was pretty much. Once like you opened up and and then again, why you where I've said um, that that I've been there and a million people have been there begging. But you said you had the, the certain key kind of, you know, the, the certain um, moment in time and the certain way you asked. So I would definitely that? say it's the, the way you ask. It's where a person comes from inside. Mm hmm. But I also know it is of my life design that I came to the earth to do exactly what I'm doing now. Okay. So, so was that was sort of, that was sort of, it was, yeah, it was yeah. already destined. Yeah. And it could have happened a lot sooner. And I wouldn't have had so many knocks on my head if I just played the game fairly. <laughs> yeah. But then again, you may not have learned the desperation too, which I'm sure 
a lot of your people that you work with are in that desperation. So that's the other side of it. It may not be a bad thing. It might be a good thing. Um, so one of your signatures, Yanava, what does that mean? Yanava, Yahanahavaha. The very beginning of my walk, I went to meditation and I asked, does my soul have a name? And it said, Yahnava. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Even if it's even if it's something I fabricated, it sounds really cool. And mm-hmm. I've been using different forms of Yana for many years. At first, it started off the Yana O center of light. And then uh, it went back to Yanava. And one day I was fortunate to hang out with a God-realized man from India, who, which I do quite often, who knows everything. If he wants to shift his attention to you and me, he will know exactly what we're saying when I talk to him two years from now and he'll repeat it. <laughs> wow. I, I asked him, I said, Swamji, I have a personal question. He said, sure. And I said, what is Yanava? And he, he almost looks at me as if he was surprised I can know such a thing. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. proceeds to tell me, Yaha, Naha, Vaha. Ya is a sound of the heart. It's pretty much the oldest name in the universe. God, fire, punch, power, passion, will, all these God qualities in there, the heart. Passion, it's the fire of God. And the mind, which is the Na, which hopefully one is of clear mind, so that when the fire of God from the chest moves to the clarity of the mind, I'm using some stage props, everyone in the audience. I'm using a light through a crystal ball. That fire of God gets to move through the clear mind and mm-hmm. with no obstructions. Begins the heaven on earth manifesting process. So ya is the heart, na is the mind, and va is the backbone that carries out the will of God. So ya na va is the sacred seed syllables of everyone's essence. Everyone is ya na va. If God is the wholeness, where we become individuals, say the next tier down, if you will, that's Yanava. That's where everyone becomes their own divine egoic self in a form of an expression versus just a big sea of divine fire. <laughs> Did you learn this? You went to India, and that's a fabulous story on how that happened, how you ended up in India. Do you want to tell yeah. us that story? And <laughs> did you learn some of those terms there? No, I didn't learn as far as Yanava. This was something that happened many years before. Mm-hmm. My trip to India was years into my spiritual walk. I started teaching at the Connection Center, uh, a metaphysical church. When the session was over, a friend of mine by the name of Paul joined me on the stage, and we were talking about some pictures that donned the wall. And there's Mother Teresa, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Krishna, all that. And so the last person on the wall, I didn't know who that was. He says, you don't know who that is? I said, no. He said, his name is Bhagavan Sri Sati Sai Baba. I said, okay, what's his story? Mm -hmm. And he pulls out this canister from the altar, and he shows me this ash. It's called Vibhuti ash that he can manifest at will. And being where I was located on my journey, my spiritual walk, I was intrigued. I knew spontaneous manifestation happens through, has happened with certain avatars and God realized being, but I was just, I wanted to know more. Okay, so back I, up. Now, I know I hate to break this, but what is avatar? Most of us are going to a computer avatar. Really, it's a deity, isn't it? It's a deity. It's a divine descent. Yeah. It's an avatar. I started learning about 
Bhagavan Sri Satya Sai Baba, who does not write books, never did write books. People wrote books for him. He's beyond writing books. He's beyond writing of really, he's beyond all that. It's the Godhead mm-hmm. personified, actually. He died on Easter morning, go figure, 2011. But in 1998, I learned of his presence, 1997, maybe. And he started Which showing was up. pretty in, early into your. Very yeah. early. Yeah. Yeah. And he started showing up into my dream space. And out of all the books I read, when he did allow people to be close to him, to speak to him verbally, he said, if I come to you in a dream, you're not dreaming. He says, you can't just dream of Jesus. You can't just dream of me. You just can't do it unless you are aligned. So your mind can paint the picture that you're actually having a visit because the mind has to have a paintbrush full of paint to be able to paint such a picture for one to see. And he started coming to me in dreams. And one night he said, he, he brought me to consciousness by, if you will, tapping me on my spiritual leg. And I woke up and he's standing across the river about a hundred feet. Nah, a lot longer than that, a lot wider than that. But he's standing across the river. And of course, when I see him, I get on my knees and start paying my respects. He says, Keith, mm-hmm. stand up. I got something for you. I said, yes. He said, I want you to come to India. And he's talking to me telepathically across this river. Right. I want you to come to India and put your feet in Indian soil. Do this for me. If you must, and if you turn around to go home, just do this. And I right. said, I would love to. How will I get there? I've never done such a thing. Where will I get the money? And, you know, I, and all these excuses and well, disbelief. We're human. <laughs> yeah, right. We're and he human. says, Keith, put all this nonsense aside. I got you covered. Mm-hmm. So if from what, from what I read, if he did really pay me a visit, he must have me covered. And so mm-hmm. when I woke up in the morning, I was just excited. But the human disbelief was like, so I decided, you know what? I'm going to let this all go. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from a lady I never met. Hi, Keith. My name is Debbie Jabour. We have a mutual friend by the name of Natham. I said, yes, ma'am. How can I help you? She was Keith. Word got to me through your friend that you want to go to India to see a holy man. And I you said, had yes. just told your friend this. That yeah, was I had to share yeah. it with somebody. I was excited. So he was one I told. And it got to her. And she said, Keith, I felt compelled to call you. I said, so what can I do for you, ma'am? She said, Keith, I'm a flight attendant. I got some companion passes for the year that are wow. about to expire. <laughs> and I would not like that to happen knowing you want to go to India. Would you please accept the first class round trip ticket oh, for me geez. to go see your first holy man? Class too. <laughs> <laughs> so three months later, I am in India on Sai Baba's ashram, literally pinching myself. Wow. Because I had a dream. Well, we've all heard the saying, having a dream realize itself. Well, this was literal. I had a dream realize itself. Yeah, yeah. And I was there for two weeks and I've seen more miracles in the two weeks I was there than thousands of people collectively will ever see in a lifetime. It was just gorgeous. I'm going to stop you right there to take a break. And then we're going to come back and I want to hear about the miracles. We all want miracles. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit avierthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. 
You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, and we're back with uh, Keith Blanchard, and he's going to tell us about the miracles he experienced when he was in India. The most powerful miracle I experienced, even though Sai Baba can or has when he was on the earth, literally Sai Baba can create anything he wants at will. The most powerful miracle that I experienced was the unification of humanity on this ashram. 35,000 people there on a slow day, on a festival day, it can be up to a quarter of a million. And everyone gets along. When I say gets along, I don't mean they get along and tolerate each other. That's not at all. Right. These people are walking around with folded hands and loving each everyone from Russia, China, all forms of Europe, South America, Africa, America, England. Everybody is in this beautiful yeah. space together. And you can feel it. Mm-hmm. That's the miracle of Sai Baba, bringing all these people together to live in love and respect and humanity. But some of the actual flashy miracles, if you will, I've seen him create things right in front of me. He's touched me and opened me up so much so that I saw the birth of the universe. He's come to me in one dream in particular. Uh, When I'm in America, I take a nap every day. When I was in India, I did not take a nap at all. One day I started getting sleepy as if someone fed me a nighttime cold medicine. Mm -hmm. Something was inducing sleep in me and it wasn't me being tired. So uh, the only day I took a nap, I went lay down. <laughs> Boy, did he pay me a visit. 
He brought me into a gymnasium with other people sitting around. And at the center of the basketball court, there was a solid gold trunk, maybe like the Ark of the Covenant, if you can imagine. There were scriptural carvings on it, sacred writings. And we all, he brought us to the uh, center of the court in front of, uh, around, we surrounded this trunk and we all lifted it together. Mm-hmm. And in this trunk was three figurines. There was um, two goats, there was a baby crib, and there was a throne. And he looks directly at me and says, Keith, I'm going to tell you something you've been knowing since your Catholicism days, since you've been writing as a teacher, author. Mm-hmm. And I said, what is that? And he says, these three figurines represent the truth. And I said, okay, what is the truth? And he looks at me even more intently. He says, the one you have known as Jesus, the personality, not the Christ. They are mm-hmm. the same in, in difference. The personality of Jesus that became the Christ is coming back to the earth in five months. He will be born through a family of goat herders, and he will occupy this seat. Well, <laughs> when was that? In, you know, you this was in five... the year 2000. Okay. And when this began to happen, out of me wrestling with the, being the messenger of this, if you will, mm-hmm. um, when I woke up out of this dream experience on the ashram, I started cussing Sai Baba like a sailor. Yeah. I had to get it out. I had enough of this. I am not going to go stick my neck on the line <laughs> yeah. and monkey with Christian followers love for their deity. And so um, I, I just started going at it. And when I felt I was heard mm-hmm. and I felt like I vented, I went back into the uh, Kuwant Hall is where everyone gathers for blessings from when Sai Baba comes out. Mm-hmm. And he, that morning, there's two darshans. The first one, he came by me. I held up my prayer bead. There were people right next to me. He blessed everybody but mine. I said, did you just diss yeah. me, dog? And after the dream, when I felt hurt, I went outside of the ashram and I bought a prayer bead, a different one. Mm-hmm. And when I went back into the ashram, um, Sai Baba came out for the second darshan at 2.15. He was facing the other way. And I kept asking all day since the dream, is my experience as I know it to be, are you telling me? Mm-hmm. The one we know as Jesus, the Christ, is coming back to this earth. Is it valid? Is it valid? Now, I've been saying that on this brand new Japamala, this brand new prayer, prayer beat I just bought. Is right. it valid? I said it in the beating hot sun for two hours until we were let in. And I said for another hour. And <laughs> there were some other miracles that happened in between mm-hmm. what I'm telling you now and the point I'm going to close with. <clears throat> keeping, in, keeping in mind, he ignored me in the morning. Uh, when he came into the Kuwant Hall that time, standing across from me, facing the other way, I said, this is as close as he's going to get to me today because he's about to continue his round to the other side of the building. Yeah. And I said, is it valid? He stops what he's doing. Thousands of people everywhere walks in a beeline directly over to me, looks me in my eyes, and he blesses this bead that I had cupped in my hand. And that's when I had the experience of seeing the universe. And it, he, he told me telepathically, Keith, I set this all up. I set this whole game up. Wow. And I became a beautiful, sobbing mess of emotional joy. And I had to leave because I was becoming a distraction because I was just full of a mess. (laughs) Beautiful mess. Yeah. But now, where is the, after five months, where is the reincarnation of Jesus? Who is the reincarnation? No one knows who yet. Mm-hmm. He is shown, and people say, well, the Christ is everywhere. I get that. That's why I used the terms earlier, the personality, the right. one who ascended. I <clears throat> that. Yeah. Um, if I had any intuitive say about it, I would say it would be in the Yucatan Peninsula. 
But five months later, after Sai Baba said such a thing, I had a full-blown conscious dreamscape experience. And I'm standing in front of a mansion. And Sai Baba's there. And he says, Keith, come here. I got something I want to show you. I say mansion to represent royalty, regalness, abundance, majesty kind of thing. And it was a bit one of these these big doors with knockers kind of thing to yeah. represent the regalness of all this. And he says, put your ear to the door and tell me what you hear. And I said, I hear a baby crying. He said, you sure do. And he looks at me with the impression of, do you understand yet? Wow. <laughs> and so he disappeared and I kept putting my ear to the door. That was June stay in february march april may june it was july 20th i think it was july of this 20th. year no 2000 uh, yeah i was gonna say wait a minute now did you not open that door i mean you kept listening i didn't yeah right. i didn't feel prompted to i didn't feel any, it, it just didn't enter my my con uh, as a concept to do such a thing i didn't feel like yeah. it would, i shouldn't or i should in that state of consciousness is i was you just full. didn't think i to was do uh, it, right? huh? i was yeah. full yeah did you get the address? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 777 <laughs> St. Peter Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that child now is about 20 years old. Yeah. My impression is it's going, it's a, a man only because of the way people deem such things. And it doesn't mean anything other than that. Mm -hmm. But um, people expect it. They can't take too many. <laughs> Things sure. out of their expectations. That's right. And, you know, when the Christ or Jesus does actually appear in front of them, people who say you ain't it because they're completely mm -hmm. used to looking at a certain, they have a, their own ideas of what it's going to look like. Right, right. And so in the divine principle and or homecoming crossing the bridge to the soul, it talks about how Jesus is staying hidden right now from the wolves mm -hmm. because he's preparing himself from and keeping himself hidden from those wolves and people have asked me as to why i was inserted in the book well if he's jesus doesn't he have the power to protect himself and the response that i got in meditation was you mean the same protection he had the last time he was crucified right. <laughs> so we have to be careful but uh if he makes his entrance into the world and announces you know he may not ever announce that i am that there may not ever be a need for that unless there is a need for that Mm -hmm. um, but if he makes his entrance too soon and people know who he is, it won't be readily received. They're going to be frightened and they're going to call it something. It is, it is not completely. Mm -hmm. And it, therefore it would serve no benefit whatsoever. Here's the other thing, as you know, from our Catholic background, false gods, how do you know which one's the real one and which are false gods? Many false gods will go before me. So, it will take it will take a person to develop the level of Christhood in themselves to ever be able to recognize it, because mm -hmm. until then, everything else will be shady to you. Everything else will be suspect. Mm -hmm. So we have to develop ourselves in such a way that we understand the language of no language. I can sit here and look at you and see the light just simply beaming off of you. I can listen to a person speak and hear more of what is not being said than what is actually being said. So. In such a way, the Christ will pass people by. No one knows the hour, the time, or the moment it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But you can know when it's going to happen. If you don't develop yourself in such a way spiritually, it will simply pass you by like a thief in the night. Mm -hmm. 
That's kind of scary. And then again, the last time he was here, we killed him. (laughs) Most people think that he died for our sins. This is the most erroneous thought. He didn't die for your sins. He lived for you to be liberated. So if we can use this analogy to relook at what the Christ Jesus did, he didn't die for our sins. What happened was to create forgiveness. He literally took the karma of humanity in that period and allowed it to pass through his pure heart, which transmuted that darkness into light. So he didn't t- die for our sins. It sounds so heavy and so just. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. the truth of it is the metaphysical spiritual truth on levels we don't understand. Instead of him just hanging on a cross and suffering and bleeding and thorns in the head, he didn't right. die for our sins. He actually opened up his vulnerable heart mm-hmm. and allowed all this energy to move through him so he can turn it into light, which gave us another chance. Therefore, saving humanity salvation and then what happened we built up the the negative again yeah we didn't pull the weed out by the roots we just pulled weed out of the ground (laughs) yeah we didn't do it right (laughs) we didn't do it right (laughs) but um so you don't have any idea of when to expect um this person to show themselves i don't or for for us to know Right. And I, I can imagine people, you know, thinking to themselves, well, you know, what if what if this is not true? If it's not true. It's definitely a beautiful idea. I'm going to hold close to my heart. Yeah. And and then um, what will happen after that? I think he's going to appear mm-hmm. one when it's time. How do we know when it's time? I think it's going to happen right when it's supposed to for everyone to believe it or not. I think it's going to create a divide. How can the unity of our Lord or a one of the Lords in the universe create such a divide? Well, people are going to have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a choice to gather near the teacher or teachers or simply just be afraid and run away because of our ignorance that we have never been taught such things that can ever possibly be uh, that others teachers or he's actually going to come back and mingle with humanity. Um, and the purpose of his arrival this time is that through his divinity, we can see ourselves um, because he will come, he will be human and divine. And so we will see ourselves in his divinity, but yet we will also see his humanity, which will create a bridge to help us cross into a new land, a new world. But other people are going to see that bridge on fire. They don't want no part of it. They're going to take off running the other way and they're going to miss yet again another opportunity. But no one really needs any special teacher to help them become spiritually liberated. You know, but I use this analogy often. I follow lots of spiritual gurus. I do. God, people who have been on earth and some who are still on on, on earth. People say, well, Keith, what makes you feel that you need these gurus? I don't. But you can bet if I'm walking to the grocery store and it's two miles away and somebody wants to pick me up on the side of the road and say, hey, Keith, I'll give you a ride. Yeah. I'm going to jump in the car. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so it. these spiritual deities I hang around with, they basically pulling up next to me as I'm walking to the spiritual supermarket to get my spiritual manna, my sustenance. And they're basically saying, I'm here to give you a shortcut, if you will. I know things that you wish you could know to help lighten your load and help lighten your journey. And I take that very seriously. We have had, as you and I know, with the Catholic background, we have had quite a few spiritual deities 
turn out to be um, predators in one way or another, spiritually bankrupt. And yet uh, they presented as spiritual leaders. And many of us followed them, believed them, you know, and, and um, good people believed them. I mean, it's not like we were ignorant or we were disconnected from God or anything else. We Good people followed them. And yet they turned out to be uh, spiritually bankrupt is the only way I can say it. So how do you know? Ignorance falls upon beautiful people all the time. Mm-hmm. People believe because they want to believe in something that will save them. Right. Nothing is going to save you. People say, well, doesn't Jesus save? Well, who makes the choice to open themselves up vulnerably to be saved? So ultimately, Mm -hmm. it's ourself. You know, look at the experience in California. was a California some years ago. Marshall Applewhite, they all wore tennis shoes and killed themselves thinking there was a mothership. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing wrong with believing until it's no longer time to believe. And it requires one to be aware. I would rather know there's a big dog waiting behind a building that's going to jump out and bite me on my rear than not. It requires doing the work to be able to see the bad. Okay, now there, what is the work? You you almost um, were invited. You you know, and the average person doesn't get the dream. So how do? What is the work? People deserve to hear you ask that question. You are absolutely right, dear. <clears throat> what is the work? Because that word is so familiar to me and other people. Other people don't know what that work is. Mm-hmm. A person would have to walk in front of a mirror. And look in their eyes and completely fall in love to the hilt with what they see. That's mm-hmm. the work. So metaphorically, analogously, but yet for real, you tell yourself, I love you. And when something crops up as you're looking in your eyes that says, only if, that's where the work lies. You have to love yourself. Now, you may do that kind of work, even if without a mirror. You may practice aff- affirming to yourself that you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And when that only if doesn't show up, it's healed. Another one may show up. The work is meditation. The work is understanding what reality is. And if you're in such a place that you're a newbie, I strongly support you in going at it that you don't know squat. Mm -hmm. Everything that you believe is just that. It's a belief. It's dogma. The truth will set you free. That is very, very literal. The truth will set you free. So what is the truth? Because I want liberation, Keith. You are the truth. (laughs) A person is the truth. You are the living word personified. The only thing that is keeping anyone from the grace, the kingdom, the heavenly state of existence is the stuff that stands in the way of the fire of God that lives in everyone's heart and the clouded and shrouded stuff in the mind, the dogma, the ooh, ooh, ah, ah, the monkey mind, ooh, 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 ooh. That kind of stuff, yeah. just all the fighting and bickering. It just, and then it, it locks a person into a groove on a record. And all they do is go through their life believing, meandering, wandering around. Mm-hmm. The truth, spirituality is not hard. It has never been hard. It's not hard now, nor would it ever be. God is simple, very complex, but it's simply laid out everywhere. It's the chair you sit on. It's the food you eat. It's the breath you take. It's the birds flying in the sky. It's the cat running around, jumping in the tree. It's everything in motion. 
And so when we begin to see what we are searching for in temples and in churches for thousands of years is the nearest of near. It's your own self. When a person begins to integrate that in such a way that you begin to exemplify that automatically, default, your life turns within itself and you become joy. You become the living joy, the living word. Yes. It's that integration because most of us will stand in front of that mirror and with our mind, try to get there and not be able to do it. The mind can never communicate with the absolute because the Mm -hmm. mind only knows what's finite. So we have to get out of the believing mind and into the knowing heart. So what, what kind of, um, sorry, what kind of um, meditation did you do? I did the normal classical classic meditation. I'd close my eyes and do some breathing and try to empty my mind. The breath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I would actually sometimes focus on a folk, find a focal point in my third eye, because to, to, to grasp eternity, it's better to use contrast. If I was to ask anyone to close their eyes and take a few breaths and you do so, and you try to call up what eternity is, it's tough. Mm-hmm. You get lost in the sea, you get lost in the fire, you get well, you lost, get in, there lost somewhere. in the thought, of, right, right. you know, now you're in the monkey mind, as you say. Yeah, correct. You know? And if you create, uh, imagine you're looking at Jesus or your child or your brand new car you just bought and you stay mm-hmm. focused steadfast on that image while you are focused, while the mind is focused on the image, you as the spirit can step back and escape. And now eternity comes into play. You can see the, the vastness of the great ocean divine. Um, so I would do all these meditations. Sometimes I would chant and sometimes I would do a breathing technique called rebirthing, which is versus <sighs> rebirthing is <sighs> mm-hmm. breathing in and out really, really fast, really deeply. So what would be the purpose of that? It'll throw you into the fire. When I say I use the word fire a lot, and I don't mean hellfire because I don't believe in hellfire and damnation and the devil. And uh, I'm not interested. I, it has, it yeah. doesn't have my interest. I'm just simply not interested in because yeah. my focus is directly in front of me. I have, I focus inward, which brings me upward, which brings me toward, which keeps me moving forward. And so when you do such breath, um, I would suggest if anyone's interested, you can contact me or find a teacher. It's called rebirthing. Make sure mm-hmm. someone's with you until you know what you're doing. It will throw you into the divine fire. <laughs> It'll take you from out of, you know, simple meditation into this great experience of multidimensionality. I no longer per se meditate. I'm meditating right now with you. Um, now you have combined really. So um, Catholic a lot of the Catholic basics with metaphysical basic. And um, how do people feel about that? <laughs> you know, that's a good question because I live in the Mid-South. Mm-hmm. It's Tennessee. It's not a judgment. It's just a fact that matters where I'm located. Right. We talked about early making fun. If you look at me, I look at least my garb and my way is very Catholic priestess. Um, I think it's part of why I'm located where I'm located to do the work that I do. And believe it or not, in the Bible Belt, you would think, but it's never happened. I don't get tongue lashed. I've never gotten tongue lashed. And I'm very boisterous about my spirituality. And I'll say some of the most powerful or ridiculous, depending on who you are, things Mm -hmm. that people would either just run away from. I've never gotten it. So I'm blessed and fortunate in that way. But if it did come down to people ridicule, 
I just simply say, God bless you, and not really move care what on, people think. Yeah. Move on. But there are a number of people who can take that that blend, who are yeah. also in that belief of the blend more than one or the other, or you know, the metaphysical with the with the I'll still call it Catholic base. You know, and I'll call it that because that's what I know. <laughs> but with that Catholic base. Um, but you have quite a few people come to you. You have uh, quite a few people who have found you and who follow you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very active in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I do radio shows like we talked about now only when I want to do an interview. But... And that is Center of Light Radio. Center of Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But I also do presentations, just me and the camera and the audience. Mm-hmm. And I look into the camera and I'll find a topic that I've been seeing floating around social media. People are talking about depression or anxiety or they want to know more about angels or they want to know more about dreams. And I'll just create a, this, this cute little title that kind of represents what I'm going to be talking about that mm-hmm. people collect in the room. And I begin to push. And when I say I begin to push, I begin to open up and I begin to let that fire out. Um, the fire consumes me. Um, I don't remember a lot of these transmissions and some I do. And so I always go back and I'll watch my work. But one thing about people who come to me to hire my services for a counseling, a consultation, I warn them that if you come to me, you better be ready to die. Meaning what you think of you as to why you coming to me that you're having such a difficult time with, mm-hmm. it's going to perish. So, because I will, if you're telling me that you want to go into the river, but you're scared to jump off the cliff, I'm going to pick you up and throw you into the water myself. Because I will listen to a person for 10, 15 minutes and they tell me the story and I'm watching the body language and I'm watching what they say and I'm observing what they don't say when they scratch their nose, when they said a certain thing, I take this all in. Mm -hmm. And at the end of my process, when they're done, I say, well, kiss your friend goodbye because it's over. (laughs) And then I proceed to tell them exactly what I see. Um, If they're not honest, uh, I will will end the session and say, God bless you. Please continue as you are. That's what you want. And it's not about an arrogance. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I know what I am doing. For example, if I want to learn how to bowl, I'll go see a professional bowler. I'll go Mm -hmm. to a bowling teacher. If you want to understand your situation in life that you have not learned to grasp yet, you have to go to someone who has grasped it and not tell them that the way you throw a bowling ball is you, you know, you you don't put your fingers in the hole and you throw it between your legs and so forth is is the analogy. So if what you You have that in your book too, about sort of, yeah, it's it's sort of analogous. Yes. Yeah. Well, about when you were doing it and it all came to you, things, you know, you were in the process of bowling. So, yeah, now we're coming to a close, but I want to ask a very quick question, and I think a very important question. When you are um, doing these, um, well, they're videos, really, is what you're doing, and, and, you know, you just sit down and, and pick a title and talk about it. Is that you speaking or are you channeling and are you channeling God? Uh, I know I'm channeling whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It fills me full of bliss. It fills me full of love for people. It helps Mm -hmm. people unite, whatever we choose to call that. I know it's healing people. When I first start, it's, hello, everyone. Welcome to Center of Light tonight. My topic is blah, blah, blah. Keith Anthony Blanchard here. Good to see you. This is me. But 
come 20 minutes into it, you can literally see my body morph. I change. I get red. Um, there's, I actually become like the flicker of a candle. It's like you see behind me, a barb. It's sort of like this. And I'm really into this energy. And I begin to rhyme on a dime. And there's no time that I'm not able to do so. And so I get into this alignment. Um, mm-hmm. And energy just flows through you. And-, and sometimes I actually literally close my eyes. Yeah. And to with the intentions of removing any trace of Keith out the way. So mm-hmm. I'm not creating a separation that there's a Keith and there's a spirit, but Keith right. does have a mind that does what it wants, like we all do. So to assure that's not going to happen, so I can become a pure vessel because I care about people, so they can get the biggest bang for their growth. I get I make the choice to get what little I know of me left out of the way. Okay. But, you know, before you disappear on us, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. (laughs) You can find me at KeithAnthonyBlanchard.com or CenterOfLightRadio.com. You can find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KeithAblanchard. You can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash CenterOfLightRadio. Find me on my Facebook. Um, you'll see a picture of a guitar player, fire, and this altar-looking thing, whatever. A Buddhist monk. You'll know it's me. Um, I'm <laughs> likely going to have a head cloth on, a bandana, and it says, Ride with God. Um, mm-hmm. Join me for my presentations. I love what I do. What I love is you. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for being on the show. And if anyone needs Thank to get you. hold of me, you can uh, email me at aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com or of you through the veil.com. Thank you and have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us for metaphysics of you through the veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley next Friday at 4 PM Eastern time and 1 PM Pacific time on the voice America empowerment channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.